Hello and welcome to Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. I'm Emilio Garcia. We uh, had a hard time putting together all the topics for this week's podcast because it's been kind of a slow news week, but we think we put together uh, enough to make for a really interesting and good podcast. We're going to start off with a topic that I think is pretty good. It's caused some uh, controversy on, on Twitter because it's a day ending in Y. But uh, the Morrison government has decided to change the way that it's handling uh, hex debt for university students. So basically, if a university student is not acing or is not doing well in their first year, if they're failing their first year, then they will lose their ta taxpayer funding. Uh, this is a really good thing. I think a lot of people have interpreted this as the Morrison government going after uh, young people, going after students who are just trying to get a better life. Uh, but in fact, what, what the Morrison government is doing is just ensuring that some of the people that really don't belong in university or maybe don't belong in university yet are not getting strapped with a bunch of university debt uh, really for what is going to be uh, a diploma that isn't going to do much for them or perhaps for an ultimate uh, just falling out of university. So if uh, university students aren't doing are failing their first year, they won't get university, uh, they won't get government money. And I think that's that's a really really good step. Uh, it's important that we stop reject that we start rejecting the premise generally that every single Australian person must get a university degree, because even though under the scheme of hex it might not be a huge amount of money being taken out of your uh, monthly salary, you really shouldn't be going into huge amounts of debt if there are more productive things that you can do with your time. So if you can study a technical career, if you can just go and start doing work that's going to start generating money from you, uh, for you uh, instead of you know, spending a lot of time being, uh, being indoctrinated by communists, well, ultimately, that's a good thing. So I totally support this, uh, this step, and hopefully we'll see more, uh, more steps like this uh, when it comes to higher education and government funding for it. Uh, moving on, uh, I was published in The Spectator, this week uh, for an article that talks about the ACCC's attack on big tech. And it's not surprising that The Spectator was really the only one who would consider this op-ed because it talks about how the ACCC's forcing of social, uh, social media companies and big tech companies to share uh, ad revenue with uh, news media giants is a bad thing for Australian small business and Australian society at large. Uh, so you might have heard about the ACCC's new uh, proposed regulations, and if you have read about them, you've probably read a very glowing article about them in some mainstream corporate media outlet that says that they're really good. Uh, but actually, the ACCC's regulations are, are really, really bad, and they're going to affect a lot of small businesses as well as just Australian consumers at large. So what are the ACCC's uh, regulations? As I said earlier, basically they're saying that because these tech giants are quote-unquote stealing content from news media giants, uh, that they should basically compensate the news outlets for the content that they're supposedly stealing. Two things about this. The first is let's look at the justification for these regulations, and the second is uh, what is the what, what is the effect that this is going to have on Australia. So. Are these tech companies, Google and Facebook, are they stealing content from corporate news media giants? Uh, the answer is absolutely not. They are not doing that. When these uh, corporate giants are talking about their, the stolen content, what they're actually referring to is links that show up on Facebook users' feeds and in Google users' searches. 
So if you're ever looking for a topic on Google and you see uh, a link to uh, a news story, if you're ever going through your Facebook feed and you see some friend of yours or some page that you follow share an article, this is what the ACCC is saying is stolen content, which is strange, right? It's odd that putting a story in front of potentially millions of users uh, is a way of, uh, is a form of theft. Mind you, they don't actually copy this content and make it uh, consumable outside of these corporate media giants' websites. All they're doing is linking to it. Uh, so obviously, the justification for, for the regulations is, is vapid and stupid. In fact, you, if you're a small business owner or if you work for, uh, in any kind of marketing role, you yourself may have invested a lot of money into getting your links to show up in front of Google users and Facebook users. But when it comes to, to, to media giants who are owned by millionaires and billionaires, that's actually theft. Interesting, interesting logic there. Uh, so the second point. What does that mean for you? What does that mean for Australia? Well, what this means is it's about to get really expensive to advertise online. Uh, basically, you're going to have to make up the difference for that profit that is going to have to be given over to uh, these, these uh, media companies. So small businesses, independent content creators, anyone who really wants to get a bigger profile uh, online, they're going to have to pay more as these uh, corporate media companies that are owned by people who have a lot of money uh, just kind of sit on a comfortable little subsidy there. Uh, and another really kind of nefarious effect of this is that when advertising costs go up, that means that small and medium businesses have less of an edge when it comes to reaching their client, and larger companies now have a competitive advantage just through the sheer force of having more money to just capitalize on, on getting more uh, market share. So that's another thing. You're basically kind of just creating an uneven playing field. You're, you're benefiting the, the big guy over the small guy. And so even though uh, a lot of us may not be very big fans of Facebook and Google for various reasons, this would be a very, very bad thing for Australia. Now, uh, moving, uh, moving on to some coronavirus news, uh, there's, this, there's this call uh, be, that's growing in popularity in Australia. And it's really something that we should be very cautious about and we should be very, very preoccupied of, which is it seems that there are people who are considering uh, the idea of raising taxes on all of Australians in order to compensate the absolute disaster that is happening in Victoria at the moment. So obviously the uh, Andrews government down there, the, the labor people down there have just completely botched the entire coronavirus response. And as the rest of the country is uh, recovering and seeing, uh, you know, having a pretty good handle and control over uh, their COVID situation, uh, Victoria is an absolute uh, just a state of disaster. And so now during a recession, during what is basically an unprecedented uh, shutdown and, and a situation where a lot of businesses were on the brink of collapse, many just did collapse, um, and are now starting to return, are now starting to recover, there's an idea which is, oh, well, how about we tax every single Australian? We make them pay more as they're trying to recover their business, as they're trying to make up for, uh, for lost revenue, lost income. Let's tax all of them more in order to compensate the failings of the Daniel Andrews Labor government in Victoria. This is obviously not only a, a terrible idea on moral grounds, but it's also a terrible idea in economic grounds. The last thing that you want to do is tax people 
during a recovery right after an economic crisis. I mean, that's just, that's just economics 101. It's a really terrible idea. And uh, it, we, we really shouldn't do it. And we should make extremely clear that anyone who supports raising our taxes to compensate this, this incompetence down in Victoria is a person who loses our vote. We cannot uh, be more forceful on that point because uh, it, it would just be really terrible for the economy. It would be terrible for the consumer. It would be terrible for small business. It just would not be a thing that, that is supportable in any way uh, imaginable. So let's not do that. Um, but speaking of incompetence and coronavirus, uh, we really have to talk about what's happening in, uh, in New Zealand really quickly. I'm not going to touch this, this point too, too much, but I think a lot of Australians are seeing kind of like the forceful response that we're seeing in New Zealand right now as a good thing, and we really shouldn't. We, in New Zealand, uh, what, what's happening in New Zealand now is a model more to disparage and not follow because, yes, New Zealand uh, had something like 105, 106, maybe 104 days where they had seen no new coronavirus cases, and then one family in Auckland, a uh, family of four, uh, tested positive for, for coronavirus. It was not, uh, it was not, uh, they were not severe cases either, it seems. They were all uh, pretty manageable. Um, but what they did in, in response to four people getting uh, COVID-19 was to shut down an entire city of 2.6 million people and then place restrictions on the rest of New Zealand. And it's really important that we, that we kind of reject the premise that we need to eliminate coronavirus or that a really, really uh, over-the-top forceful response to a small number of COVID cases is the appropriate response because we cannot destroy our economy. We cannot destroy small businesses and livelihoods every time that we see an uptick in cases. Um, it does not seem like coronavirus is going anywhere. I think there's um, a good argument to be made that when you see some increase in cases, you can place some restrictions, you can take some precautions to make sure that it doesn't get out of control. But between four and 14 cases, which is what we've seen over the last two days in New Zealand, uh, being a, a justification for shutting down the economy, that's absolutely not the case. A lot of people are going to suffer now. A lot of small businesses are going to, to see themselves going through very, very hard times right after recovering from uh, an initial shutdown. And the response just does not match up with the reality on the ground. So uh, let's make sure that we don't uh, follow New Zealand on that. Let's make sure that we don't grant that premise. Let's make sure that we don't think that we're ever going to properly eliminate this. What we need to do, what we need to aim for, is to make sure that people are not dying needlessly because of a lack of medical equipment. Right now, Australia and New Zealand are not at risk of that happening. And so, for now, let's, let's just kind of let uh, the idea of lockdowns uh, kind of uh, fade into history. So now turning to some um, hospitality uh, news, uh, we, we saw... Um, the, for the first time in a long time, the excise increase to uh, to alcohol, spirits, and uh, you know spirits, beers, and wines uh, postponed for the first time, basically I think since uh, these excises were put into place. Uh, if it wasn't the first time, then it was certainly the first time in a long time. Uh, however, and that's a good step. We definitely never want to increase uh, taxes on anything uh, while there's a, an economic recovery taking place. I think that's just basic logic. But one of the things that the government seems unwilling to do is to reduce alcohol excise. Now, we're paying prices for, for alcohol in Australia that are really among the highest anywhere in the world. 
Uh, and you know, in a, in a time of recovery, especially when the hospitality industry has been one that was so hard hit by the coronavirus shutdowns and the lockdowns, um, reducing this excise would be a very, very good thing. So you would have uh, consumers uh, able to afford to go out more, that you would have more people uh, interested in, in, in consuming and, and giving their, their uh, business to a lot of restaurants, pubs, and other uh, hospitality businesses that are in recovery, that, that, that really probably made it by the skin of their teeth uh, through the lockdowns and are now ready to rebuild. Uh, however, while, uh, while they have postponed this, there just seems to be no appetite within the government to reduce um, excise. And I guess the argument goes, well, you want to have excise relatively high so that people uh, want, to, want to drink less alcohol. Uh, still, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense at the moment. I, you know, I've uh, had the pleasure of living in Australia for quite some time, and I'll just say I don't think that Australians are uh, people who don't enjoy, enjoy the occasional alco uh, alcoholic beverage. Uh, I'm American, of course, <laughs> we, don't, we don't mind it either. Uh, so I think re reducing uh, alcohol excise to a reasonable uh, place to make sure that more people are willing to go out, enjoy themselves, uh, and give their money to businesses that are struggling to recover after an unprecedented economic uh, shutdown uh, would be a very, very good thing. So, of course, good on the government for not increasing taxes during this time, but we really strongly encourage them uh, to cut the excise on alcohol. And I think that on that note, uh, we're going to end this episode of Taxed and Wasted. Thank you very much for joining us. If you haven't already, please make sure that you subscribe. You can subscribe on Facebook or YouTube for the video version of the podcast. But you can also subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting apps if you want to listen to the audio version. If you haven't already become a member, please go to our website, taxpayers.org.au, and become a member. Uh, you get some really great benefits there. This has been Taxed and Wasted by the Australian Taxpayers Alliance. We'll see you next time.